Mick Dive, the non-live recorded dive. How are you, old mate Mick? I am good, old mate Trent. Uh, <laughs> and yes, welcome back to, was it the second or third uh, random podcast of the deep dive in ISO? Yeah, it's the second ISO. Um, we thought we'd do something now because there's been enough stuff kind of floating around and then I reckon there'll be about a two-week gap and then we'll get an idea of where the season's at and what's going on. But we thought we'd do a bit of a catch-up. We had quite a few uh, questions over the last week or so as well. Um, a lot of those do relate to the topics we sort of had in mind, so we'll, we'll get through that too. Um, massive thanks to our sponsors at Hops to Home. Viva Hops to Home is extremely relevant. It's right now. Craft beer delivered to your door, hopstohome.com.au. Um, you can use the promo code AFLDEEPDIVE and get $25 off your first pack, which is a pretty good deal. We've been enjoying the uh, the beers. How was your little samples that I dropped to you? Those samples, yeah, those samples that came through with the mail were very nice from you, mate. Uh, must admit that, uh, I can't remember the brewer, but that stout, oh. bang, was delicious. That was, it's called a voodoo stout. Yeah, the voodoo stout That's was terrible. really good. And surprising, because it's not usually my uh, type of thing, but that mango, uh, uh, might have been a pale by Yuli's up yeah. in New South. That was, that was quite interesting. I think it was a sour pale or something. Anyway, they, the mango one was good too. That okay. was, that was the two that I really enjoyed. Nice. Well, um, yeah, definitely check out opsome.com.au. We're going to have a bit of a chat now. Obviously, also check out Beyond the Game TV. Um, so this will be uploaded on their platform as normal as well. We're going to have a bit of a chat, I guess, around the, the major arcs of the news. So obviously, normally we'd be talking about the game, but there is no game at the moment. Um, what are we... So it sounds like... So obviously, last week, there was a... A lot of drama around the hubs. There was a, a big, so to give a bit of a, a recap on it, there was a big presentation to all of the clubs around uh, this this scenario where uh, they'd be playing. Essentially, they were away from their families for twenty weeks. Is the best way to, to describe it. They were going to have yeah. like they'd have to basically leave for a, a couple of weeks, isolate all that sort of thing, and then they would get in there, play for eight weeks. You know potentially have to move to another hub and then play more and more. What, what I can't... Saying, we're not hearing the full story, though, because the, the, the notion is this was the... by far, And this has to be by far the worst-case scenario because it was effectively playing all of the home-and-away season in these hubs and then we'd just see what happened at that stage for finals. But then it got reported that the AFL were... Uh, the players specifically were really pissed off about it and, like... It was a massive breakdown in communication, but I don't know what. What so like essentially like things have really changed since then. Like you know now it's looking like the AFL is kind of caught between a rock and a hard place because they're essentially waiting for the government to advise them. Because now it's like, well, it's going to cost them a lot of money to invest in the hubs. So do they just simply wait for air travel? What What did you think? Because once the air travel gets back, then they can essentially resume the season. Not normally, but to some degree of normality. What What do you think about these hubs? Do you think they're still going to be hubs, or do you think they're just going to wait for for travel? Yeah, I yeah, I've got a gut feel that they will wait for travel. Um, the biggest concern with the hub, or first of all, for me, um, it seems to be coming from the media 
more so than coming out of AFL yeah. HQ. And obviously media need to create stories at the moment because there's not a lot of football going on. And don't get me wrong, obviously, um, it was indicated from AFL HQ that hubs could be an option. The problem with it is each state is dictating uh, what their constituents can and can't do. So there's big disparity um, between each of the states about um, ability of movements and what happens uh, when you come back. So I think the AFL at the moment are doing the right thing by keeping it quite hush and allowing each of the major stakeholders, i.e., each of the clubs, then the players' um, association, and obviously the major sponsors and network uh, partners to come together to work out what would be the best overall. Obviously, I guess it's like a game of politics. You're not going to win over everyone, but you've got to obviously come to some resolution. And I think a modified normal season is probably becoming more and more likely than the hub scenario because it sounds like a lot of players are ready to go not going because it means they won't be able to see their family for a long period of time and obviously that increases the chances of potentially uh, passing on anything if uh, worst case scenario happened um, there was a little cluster or whatever yeah I, I agree I mean I yeah, I think the reality is that um, regardless of one's opinion of whether the players, are, a lot of the talk's been kind of they're soft and all this sort of stuff, I don't I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think it's a lot more complex than that. I think that's a pretty old world um, black and white way of looking at it. Um, yeah. It's but, a very NRL way of looking at it. Well, the NRL is an interesting thing and we can talk about that definitely as well to some degree, but... Um, yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying because essentially, like, I guess to bring the NRL into it, to pivot to what you're saying, is that you're right because essentially the NRL, have they have to play. If they don't play, no no league, literally. So I don't um, – the AFL is in a much better position. If they go later in the year, like, you know, it's not ideal because it's going to be an Olympic year now as well next year. So that, that it's – in an Olympic year, they normally start the season early and take two weeks off in the – in, during the Olympics, so whether that who knows what's going on with the twenty-one schedule. But that aside, I, I think they can afford to go later. There's already six, you know, and more clubs now um, that you know will be able to self-fund themselves through this. So um, they're in a very different position. Whereas the you know the NRLs yeah. basically got their backs to the wall, and I mean seemingly um, rugby league um, old mate seems to um, Valandis seems to have. After firing um, Todd Greenberg, the CEO, I don't. That's I don't know how. I obviously don't know the internals there, but it seems like that's partially been um, an element that's resolved their situation. But still, obviously not good. And and on top of it, like everyone's like, oh, he's amazing. He's come together with all these deals with the broadcasters, and it's like he also still doesn't have a deal with the players. But anyway, that's a fairly major problem. But it looks like it looks like it'll get it looks like it'll get solved. But in terms of the AFL, you're right. Like I think. It, it is a much more palatable solution, regardless of one's opinions of the players. And I can understand them not wanting to do it, but at the same time, you know, I said on Twitter after it happened, if my, uh, if I, like both of us, our careers have been affected by the um, this scenario that's happened with coronavirus, like if I could, you know, go somewhere else, 
yeah, it would be very, very tempting to, to go there and do it. And I'd have to very seriously consider it and probably would have to do it because it's, it's, you know, it's good money for a little while and go back to, you know, not, not sort of in, in the position that one can be in, but I don't, I don't know, like, I can understand where they're coming from. But that said, like, with these hubs, it, it's pretty hard. And if the players, a lot of them have said they're not going to play, well, what can you do? Like, it does make it pretty difficult. But if they had to do it, I reckon they would get enough players together and they'd start doing it, and I reckon that would have happened. But I think, given the light is there at the end of the tunnel in terms of air travel resuming, the biggest thing I, I don't think people have picked up in the last two weeks is if the AFL was to start the hubs and then they invested it, it's something like $45 million, like as a bare minimum, to yeah, starting to get... very expensive. It's yeah. very expensive to get it up and going. So it, if you did that and then all of a sudden Scott Morrison turns around and says air travel can resume, well, the AFL looks like idiots. They've got to undo all of this, essentially. What's the point of being in a hub then if they can travel? So I, I don't know. I think that's something people have to understand is that it is going to, yeah, I mean, like, if, if air travel will resume this year domestically. So, yes. Yeah, they, well, I heard corners uh, are hopeful that domestic air travel will hopefully um, end of May, start of June, and end of July for international. So, and, that, and that's the other thing. You, there's obviously leaks, to, yeah. leaks coming out of, um, parliament, government house, whatever you want to call it, about what's potentially happening because there's certain businesses that are um, saying things like that and there seems to be more advertised jobs um, out there at the moment uh, over the last week or two and businesses opening their doors that they must be getting notified about something um, that we, the, the public, aren't... Uh, Privy to yet, and if that's the case, and I'm obviously just surmising here based on what I'm sort of noticing in the real world, um, the NFL and all the big sporting codes would be probably privy to certain information. And Gil McLaughlin's obviously a pretty intelligent human being; he hasn't made too many um, mistakes yeah. as far as the running of the AFL goes. He's said a few unusual things, but aside from that, um, I think he's got the best interest of uh, the sports longevity at heart. And, yeah, I look, not, I'm not thinking that hubs won't go ahead. I just think it's becoming less and less likely as um, the days pass that it's going to be feasible, A, for the financial position yeah. that you just talked about. Um, and it does it makes them look silly if the federal government then all the state politicians go... Yet you can start travelling. Um, what's the worth of investing the time and energy just for the sake of starting footy a week or two earlier? Um, I think they'd be better off, and I think the AFL community as a whole would prefer to see it uh, back to as normal as possible. Um, if that means holding it back another week or two or three, or whatever, as long as it's not exorbitant amount of time. If it was two months, then you probably you start have to the do and then go from there. But yeah. if it's less than a month, which is more likely than, yeah, let's wait and then get footy back um, in yeah. some sort of normal fashion. It's a shame, the AFL, I mean, the NRL also did get two rounds out of the way as well, whereas the AFL got one. It's a shame that um, the AFL weren't able to get a little bit more of it done. But, yeah, I think you're right. I think if they can wait slightly longer... Um, there's going to be, there will, like, 
put it this way, there will be less cuts within um, the whole AFL world if they can avoid the hubs and just wait a couple of weeks extra, go a couple of weeks later, um, yeah. finish at the very end of October, trade period November. Um, essentially, the players get, if you're out of finals, you know, most of October, you know, November, December, and then I think they'll probably start the season again in very early March, if not late April, because of the Olympics, and then they'll have a couple of weeks off in the middle of the year. And they might even add a round, they might even add a round, you know, something in there to recoup some money from the previous year. I wouldn't be surprised if they did a rivalry or a, or something like that. They might do, you might have to play 23 rounds, particularly if they do, if they're going to be shortened games, they might add a round or two. A lot of the players have said they'd be able to play extra games. But anyway, that's, that, well, let's not talk about next year. But in terms of this year, I reckon you're right. I reckon it's the smarter decision to wait, um, particularly given that, I don't know, it's such a hard one because, like, you know, if, if, if a player gets it and then they've got to hold the season again, the word now is that if that was to happen, they just isolate that player. They, they wouldn't shut down the entire league. It was talk early that if that was to happen, they'd shut down the whole league, whereas I don't think that's going to happen now. So, look, who knows? The room, there was a rumour going around last week that was back end of last week that, um, that the government were going to advise the AFL um, around a, a start date and that there might be a press conference back end of last week, but they didn't get the enough information to be able to go off. And so it sounds like it'll be towards the end of this week. So we're recording this Tuesday, the 5th of May. So there might be... Um, in the evening, so there might be there might be some some further info um, later on, um, or it might be at, an, at, a, at you know another week. Um, but essentially, that's where I reckon. Yeah, it'll be another couple of weeks, and that's where it'd be a good time for us to catch up around it as well. But that's that's the hubs. Um, did you what what is your sorry just, just you know, sorry you know, one other thing because <clears throat> um, I heard excuse me <clears throat> uh, there was murmurings. Um, and this might be the reason, a part of the reason why it's been delayed about the decision is uh, all the players, umpires, coaches and stuff that would be involved uh, are being tested so that they're cleared of everyone. So if everyone's cleared, um, obviously that completely minimises the, the chances of um, anything, any type of outbreak. Uh, it also um, reduces the liability of the the AFL, yeah. um, should they decide to go ahead, they know that they've tested everyone, uh, they'll come back positive. And if that's the case, I reckon that's obviously a great decision. Yeah, I think Adelaide already, I think it was Adelaide off the top of my head that confirmed already that um, they're, they're, they have players in that process. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, no, I, I look, I think it's been handled really well. And this whole thing of like, oh, we better not give too much leg up to the NRL, like, um, you know, they're, they're going to get a two or three-week head start. I mean, really? Are there really going to be that many casual fans or AFL and NRL fans that are going to turn around and go, nah, stuff this season. I'm just going to, I'm just going to watch NRL. Like, you know, obviously their, their ratings will spike a little bit in that week because everybody's starved for sport and, you know, the only sport that's really on that anyone's talking about was played 20-odd years ago in the last dance with um, the Bulls, but that's the only thing anyone's yeah. really particularly talking about, and it's sport that was played a million years ago. There's obviously no live sport, so obviously I get that's going to be, you know, marketable or whatever, but 
I don't. Do you really? Do you, would you? What do you think? Do you think that would have much of an impact and it would make a difference? No, I agree. I think that's a it ridiculous. Would only, it would only have a big impact is if it got um, free slather or an open freeway for weeks, and, and I mean almost two months yeah. of no other competition um, being televised in any shape or form. Um, which, I agree. Yeah, that I mean, won't happen. Oh, I'd be tempted to watch it just for a bit of live sport, but I'd sooner watch the replay of a prelim or a grand final from a previous year. Yeah, well, that's it. And particularly, well, we're really into the game, so I don't think there'd be there'd be a lot of those kind of people that would go. Oh, I'm just gonna. I don't care. I'll just wait. Um, but yeah, no, I look. Yeah. I, I agree. Also, if you're a rugby fan, like fantastic, you get um, all the excitement, and, and they probably need it to survive. Uh, in all honesty, not not bagging them out. They just haven't had the administration running the show like the AFL have, and it's suffered. Um, detrimentally um, and they need to clear it up and, and get some of those old school ex-players out of running um, the show if they want to be business have business people in there that know the game that may have played at a lower level um, but yeah anyway, I need to do something quick smart otherwise it and the other code uh, this union uh, will be an irrelevant football code here in Australia because Soccer will fix itself at some point because of its universal appeal. Um, but those two codes, they've got two states basically that prop them up here in, in Australia. Um, and if they don't get their, their, their back of house sorted, then it looks pretty dire. Well, I, I agree. Soccer is a much bigger threat to the AFL than, than uh, NRL, that's for sure. But <clears throat> anyway. Um, anyway, moving on. Yeah, so I think ultimately we do think... So we had a few questions around, do we think hubs are going to happen? Yeah, I think that's definitely a chance, but it's only a chance if they rule out uh, air travel for a good few months. I think we both agree on that, hey? That's that, that's the only yeah. chance that it's going to happen. Um, and yeah, well, is there any chance of air travel coming yeah. between now and some point in June? Uh, the hubs are less likely. And a lot of people asked us as well about um, return dates, like when do you think it'll be? Um, I, look, I, I think it's going to be um, around kind of mid to late June, but what, what do you reckon? Do you have an opposing view? Do you think that'll be later in the year or sooner? Or uh, I, I'm leaning towards a similar time frame, maybe a little bit earlier. Uh, and that's, again, I, I've just heard murmurs that um, community footy, could be back around the start of July. Okay. So if that's the case, then you would assume AFL is going to start a little bit before the start of July, sometime yeah. in June. And it'd be tough. I mean, what are we We're coming into the second week of May soon? Uh, all the coaches and um, club officials have asked for two weeks of training at least um, before going back for competition. So... At the very earliest, we're talking end of May, and that's not that's highly unlikely. I would say first, second week of June, best case scenario, third or fourth week of June, um, more likely. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. While we're um, 
<clears throat> while we're talking about this as well, just briefly, another question we got asked, and I saw this come up today, in terms of um, people, because it was came out today that basically the script, the scripture, the fixture, the 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 scripture <laughs> of um of of AFL religion, um the the fixture, um there was talk. Well, there's now it's been confirmed. It was talk earlier in the week, late last week, that it would be scrapped for a new um, thing. Be, it's going to be pretty interesting to see whether they still stick to the 17 rounds. Now now there's talk of there being an entirely new fixture. Um, what do we think? Do you think they'll still try and just play everybody once and that's it? Or do you think they'll try and scrap out more games, try and recoup more money? Um, well, well, doesn't the fixture have to change irrespective? Because, yeah. I mean, at the moment, no footy is getting played in Victoria. Um, and Daniel Andrews is pretty, uh, oh, he's digging his heels in about um, his stance on lifting certain um, restrictions at the moment. So if that's the case, then AFL have to be ready. So I think they've got a lot, a lot of um, scenarios ready to go um, to roll out according to how the restriction lifts and bans look um, in the next, what is it, two week, week before they make an, the next announcement? Uh, May, days or May 11. <coughs> May 11. So it's, it's yes, you're right, six yeah. days, yeah. Yeah. So, look, um, you would think that all things being equal, if they wanted to get more games, there would be a return to games at, Places like Wittenoval. Yeah. Um, which is fine because there's no crowds anyway. So why wouldn't you play games there? Um, so you could effectively have a game on at the MCG, Eddie Had, GMHBA, Wittenoval, Punt Road, Optus Oval, Optus. Um, and that, that'd be, you wouldn't want to go any further out, I wouldn't think. Um, they're all fairly close um, to the CBD, whether Richmond needs to play Punt Road or anyone. I mean, they play VFL games there, so uh, maybe Collingwood's, uh, what's Collingwood's old grounds? Um, oh, anyway, they, no, they've no, got those options if the, the uh, restrictions are a bit more uh, lenient here in Victoria, and then obviously you've got all the other grounds around the country. You've got Vizzy um, and you know, Arden Street, there's heaps. Yeah, um, um, look, it wouldn't be a bad thing. I mean, imagine games at, uh, at Punt Road. You could just watch it from your mate's um, apartment block across the road or just pretend that you're catching a train somewhere in and out of Richmond and just watch it from afar. That's hilarious. I, um, and one other thing, another thing that we've been asked quite a bit as well, and this is something I wrote down for us to chat about, like what... So, obviously... I mean, I'd be fascinated to know how far spread this is, but Andrew Fagan went on Footy Classified a couple of weeks ago, so not the one just gone, the one before that, and confirmed that they had already chatted to, he named, I think it was seven players, six or seven players, um, and that, that they won't be returning to the club. So effectively, Adelaide, in you know, cost-cutting, have already delisted six players I wonder how many players there are across the league that know pretty much they're not playing for the club. At least as a bare minimum, they're not playing for the current club that they're with. Like, 
And then I guess let's we can talk a bit about that. But then in connection to that, your brain opens up to the next bit, which is, well, how does that affect trade period? Is this going to be the craziest trade period we've ever seen? Because is there a whole heap of players that we don't know about at all that are currently looking for other clubs? Like, what, what do you think about that? Yeah, look, it, it, it is. It's going to be um, a really fascinating uh, uh, post-2020 uh, season, that's for sure. I mean, it's crazy, crazy as it is right now and how it's going to look in the next few weeks. But, yeah, trade and then, obviously, uh, the draft, like, how much football are we going to? Yeah. Are the recruiters going to see of these young kids? Yeah, well, um, we'll to that. yeah. But you're right. Yeah, I hadn't thought about it until you started uh, mentioning. It. It's like all these um, list culling because um, expenses being reduced and all that, and then uh, these players that, especially if their uh, contracts up and they're thinking, "Oh shit, uh, have I got a better option somewhere else?" Where Two weeks ago, uh, it might have been better for them to stay where they are. Um, well, you've really Jeremy got... Cameron becomes fascinating. Exactly. And that's exactly it. So you've really got three elements. So to break it down, you've got the players like Brody Grundy who signed big long-term deals. So he got the seven-year deal. He got the deal that he wanted, this long, massive deal. A lot, all those deals... At home. What's that, mate? You reckon he's just laughing at home now? Well, essentially, I don't know about laughing, you might be crying because a lot of those deals are, are, are not worth the paper they're written on anymore because the CBA is going to change. That's the problem is it was based... That's the problem. It was based upon... So Collingwood are not obliged to pay him that money anymore because the deal is based upon the CBA staying the same or increasing. So if, if it goes uh, yeah. backwards... That's So this is the problem. If it goes backwards, contracts like that are, are literally worthless. So they're going to have to, because the problem is they can't, like, like there has to be a stipulation in, in an AFL player's contract, and I'm assuming other sports too, because if, if that's not the case, like if a pandemic happens like this or something happens that affects the season, if there's a, I don't know, a huge drug scenario where heaps of players are affected by whatever... Collingwood yeah. are only obliged to pay him what was signed for if the CBA stays the same, and it doesn't. So all those deals are going to have to be redrawn. So, like, you know, Darcy Moore, for example, not to keep talking about Collingwood, it's just it, it, there's three Collingwood players, and I'll get to the other one in a minute, just by coincidence. <laughs> that have, well, it's because they've got a very good side at the moment and, and they're squeezed financially, which, you know, it is what it is. But... To get into more, like Darcy Moore, it sounds like he wants to stay at Collingwood, but how how can his manager deal with Collingwood right now when they have absolutely no idea a how much money there is and b like it's pretty hard to negotiate years when they've got no idea how many how much money they've got and how long that CBA will last for and there's a possibility that. Seven. The rumor around this—it sounds like this will happen—is that the, the deal with because of the turbulence, it would be better off um, McLaughlin and Co. trying to essentially get Seven and Foxtel to extend the current deal with concession to some degree. So they essentially get a little bit of a discount in twenty twenty, but then ongoing, push the deal for two more years forward. 
then it would mean that they'd have a weird 2020 season. They'd have a really good season 21. And then in season 22 or however long, they extend it a little bit, like a couple of years, year or two. Get back on their feet, build up, have a year or two of really big seasons and that, where everything's working and earning big money and it'll happen again. It'll, like the first, I mean, the first time the AFL can be back again properly, I mean, the crowds, like the numbers are going to be, un, like they'll have a re, they'll have a record financial season. It'll be incredible. It'll be, it'll be absurd. Yeah. Like we haven't even discussed this, obviously, this side of it. Like imagine Richmond Carlton round one, they normally get anywhere between 80 and 75, I guess, and 80, 85 maybe. They'll get they'll get 95 at that first game, I reckon. They'll, yeah. get, they'll get a ridiculous number because people will be so starved for football, will be so excited to, for it to be back. Uh, post the vaccination and all that stuff in a year or year and a half or how long this takes. But the point is, and then what you do is then an Amazon who's wanting to get more into live sports, they've, you know, they've committed to um, MLB in the States, um, all, all that. Like they're clearly positioning and they, they've very obviously got so much money. Like if, if the, and the AFL's been working with them on, they're going to make a, a documentary, I believe, off the top of my head, with Collingwood. They're going to do, I think, maybe one with um, another big club as well. So they, they already did that. Um, I haven't watched it yet. It's meant to be really good, but they did a documentary called The Test um, about the Australian cricket team. So they, they're clearly investing in Australian sport, and they've got their eye on the AFL. And I absolutely think they met with... Um, McLaughlin actually met with them um, in the States um, not long ago. So I, I think it's 100% that he'll... Because he, I think he was already pre-all this trying to bring Amazon into this so that it, it becomes another person at the table so that he can go to Murdoch and the other people and say, well, you know, Amazon, you know, Bezos is willing to spend X, you know, what, what do we think about this? Like because of the anti-siphoning laws in Australia, they'll have to keep elements of it on free to air, but they could sell two games around to Amazon. That could absolutely happen. And then that opens up a whole nother, a whole nother game. But anyway, the, the, getting sidetracked, the whole point of it is that... <laughs> You know what I'm saying, but I mean the whole point of it is that that contract is essentially worth nothing. So they don't have to pay him, which is fair enough in a lot of respects. They don't have to pay him on that anymore. So basically, the three going back to what we we're saying about the trade period, like you've really got three scenarios. You've got the players who, or well, all the players that are current under contract, and you know not going to really that won't sort of fluctuate so much. I mean, players they'll have to nego- renegotiate. The subsequent years. That's the problem too. Is like Dustin Martin, his contract was pretty front ended, so they might have to say for season twenty one, look, can you take eight this year in season twenty twenty one, and then we'll give you the mill or one point two or whatever you were going to get in that year in year four, for example. Like that, all that weird stuff's going to have to get sorted, and that's going to be a fucking nightmare. Imagine like that, like, you know, nearly 800 players and that amount of contracts. Like that would be just, like, it just makes me crazy just thinking about it. But even that aside, I'll put that aside. So you've got like the three real people are, you've got players that have currently been informed by their club that they're not going to be there. Like if the lists are reduced, which it sounds like they will be, it's looking like to 35 or something in and around there. If that is to happen, there's all, it sounds like from, they, he admitted it on, on television. Andrew Fagan said that there are players that have been told they won't be at the club anymore. So either they've either the AFL has told him that we're definitely going to 35 next year and he's gone, okay, 
that's the max of the list. He's gone back to the, the, the general manager of football and everyone relevant to it and said, we've got to get rid of X amount of players. And they've already, it sounds like they've already spoken with a bunch of them. But you'll have all, a group of these players and there could be two or three per club. Who knows? Like it could be, well, if it's 35, it's going to be more than that, obviously. And then there's going to be all the people that were already in the free agency anyway. So like, you know, as I said a minute ago, like a Darcy Moore that obviously he can't, you know, sign a deal right now because they've got no idea what money they've got to work with. That's the crazy thing. And then you've got, you know, like, you know, similar to Dugowie and, and as you mentioned before, um, Jeremy Cameron, like all these, um, it's going to throw, it's going to be, it'll be the craziest trade period because it's got all this other element of two of all these players that were a bunch of them, normally through the year, a bunch of them get contracted and then you get to the end of the year and it's usually one or two big players and then some scraps, really. Like, it's being not to be harsh, but that's the reality. It's not like, whereas we're going to get to the end of the year and there'll be a lot of them that will be open because we might not know about the CBA and about all this till back end. They'll have to sort of try and sort of before the free agency, but that's that's going to be tough. Like, they've got to sort a lot of this stuff pretty quickly. Like, I'm sure they're trying to position now to re, renegotiate it all. And then, and then you've got all these players that, you know, you know, that are in these, so you've essentially got players that were like financially now, what if, what if some of these players turn around? The third thing is what if some of these players say, no, I don't want the, the, I want the 1.1 or not like dusty, but like, let's say the players, I want the 600 for, for season 21. I don't want it in three years, like a cheaper club that can't afford it. So yes, would you agree? Like, it's going to be crazy. Yeah, then you've got all the um, the guides that was potentially going to be their, their swan song year this year, the, the older guys that now yeah. um, yeah, do they, certain clubs uh, have got high percentages of them and if, as you said, you've got uh, the culling of the list to some of those senior players go, you know what, I'm going to retire at the end of the year anyway. I might as well just um, get a severance package or whatever the case might be so that those younger guys yeah. get that opportunity. I mean, it'll be fascinating because obviously uh, my club is very much in that mould and a lot of those players are free agents as well. There's about three or four. Um, and I think West Coast are in the same boat. And there might be one other Essendon or someone like that. A lot of senior players are free agents at the end of this year. Um, so, yeah, it'll be fascinating to see how clubs and players go about it and whether they do what um, is best for the club or best for them. And you're right. Is their own. But, yeah, I'm, looking, I'm always looking forward just to go bug over the season. Let's get... Australian to trade, trade. Yes, get on, get on with it. Well, someone I can't remember. I think again said we should do it now just for attention. It was like so stupid. But I know, I know what you're saying. But like going back to Grundy um, before what I said before, like he's obviously going to get a deal. But I think, um, yeah. I think as an example, I think he's not going to get the deal that he he had initially hoped for. Um, and it might. I think the AFL are going to clamp down on a few things. Um, and I think they might even ban deals. I know the AFL would oh, lo- love to ban deals above five years. So nothing, yeah. six and seven, no. So I think that, and I think that's a good thing, to be honest. I think seven years is absurd. That's, it's so risky. Um, like that, yeah, I think that's too much. But um, yeah, yeah, so. Obviously, Sydney, Sydney would be 
really sort of vomiting mouth at the moment with um, Fran <laughs> Buddy. Yeah, well, he's on. The, the irony of it too is that that deal was heavily back ended because at the back-ended, time they were successful. Yeah, they could get it over the line. Uh, at the time, obviously, when he joined Sydney, they were successful, and they were. Being, well, ironically, we'll probably see him in in um, uh, round two because round two has got such a gap because he wasn't going to play for a, a bunch of period. But you're right that that yeah that uh, that deal. I don't know whether it looks good anymore. Unfortunately, like as much as he's been incredible, and we lived in Sydney when he played for them, and like you know, I don't know, it's such a hard one. Probably break even, I guess, but it's not. It's not not great, particularly at the, at the moment. It's a lot of coin out the door. Oh, no, no, no yeah. But you're right. You raise a good point too as well about mature age players. I haven't really considered that either because that's the other side of it too is does Ablett play on? Um, does, you know, uh, you know, even Brad, not, he's the same age, but like, and he's not necessarily like retirement stuff, but like Brad Crouch, does he, these kind of players, do they become disillusioned further with the club if they're already culling others and it does it, send wrong yeah. messages and that's the thing there's going to be so many other elements to it and the players that you think you know going back to Ablett like players are going to think they're playing their last year I mean how's that going to go you'd think he plays on because he's got pretty pretty fresh legs like they haven't played a minute but yeah it's going to be he was so pretty crazy um, like uh, a lot of people bags him out just to hone on in on I thought he was quite good for the Cats last year I don't yeah. know why. Oh, yeah, I, I agree I saw him live a couple of times yeah, yeah. Some people were delusional and they thought he was going to return to the Ablett of 08, but that was uh, 12 years ago. People love, in Australia particularly, they love to bring people down and just shit on uh, on people. And they love The only thing they love more is a bit of redemption, but they're, they're happy to pile it on. And speaking of pile it on, what's that, sorry? And a bit of peace, though. Yeah, exactly. Peace, well, that's it at the moment. But speaking of um, <laughs> piling on... Um, I mean, I don't even know how how we talk about this, but um, uh, this week, um, I think it was this week, maybe it was over the weekend, but regardless, um, old mate Dean uh, Laidley was um, picked up in St Kilda um, and was charged with some uh, stalking and some... um, Bit of P.B. Tom. Yeah, sounds like he did a bit of the old Rodney Ratty Peeper, um, but but also... Dressing up. Yeah, well, the dressing up, I don't... Obviously, like, he can do what he wants. It's a free country. But I don't... Yeah, the whole ice stuff, not not so good. But, I mean, there's two elements to this. I mean, obviously, like, you know, it's not really in our wheelhouse. But, like, it's a big story. But we can't, you know... I guess the story for us, because we talk about the game, I guess. Do you find it quite concerning that now we've had, you know, Spud... Um, so ex-coaches, right? So Spud, um, you know, uh, Heard as well had his issues. Um, obviously, Bomber Thompson as well. Like, do you think that there needs to be a lot more done by the AFL to try and care for these coaches? Do you think that's a coincidence? Do you not take anything of it? I guess let, let's look at the, the football side yeah. of it first. So, no, absolutely. I was um, I was chatting to uh, my old man about, about it. And it's not just co- the coaches. I think it's... Um, it, it could potentially be a concern for that a, a large portion or a portion, I shouldn't say large, um, of that generation of players where there was the transition, <coughs> the introduction of, um, uh, uh, what is it, uh, sensitive new age men um, in that 90s 
through the 90s and they were brought up in the era to be uh, tough and resilient and um, no feelings and, and whatnot. So the generation before that, it was all that. Um, so they were able to deal with um, things in a different way because so many generations had led up. This was the first generation of young men that before then, um, men played a very specific role. I'm not saying they didn't deal with mental issues, um, but it wasn't in the same limelight. During the 90s is when professionalism came into AFL as well, yeah. and they weren't allowed to show emotion still. And then as it moved into the 2000s, um, obviously it was becoming more and more aware that um, all type of athletes should be able to express their feelings in a, in a more open manner. Um, training and, and coaching became very different. It wasn't just about being drill sergeants. So, look, I don't think – I think we're just at the tip of the iceberg. Um, I think there's potentially more and more of these um, situations going on. It's just that they, the ones that we know about, happen to, A, still be active in AFL or very recently active yeah. in AFL. Yeah, you're right. Um that's definitely a big part of it. There's, you know, the whole, you know, Alan Jane's paint off the wall type scenario where, people, you know, mm. it's you know, got to be really tough and all that sort of stuff. But, yeah, not really talking about their feelings and and that sort of thing. But I think, yeah, I think, I don't know, I, I hope society's come a long way in terms of mental health. Sometimes I do wonder. Um, you look at some of the stuff that's been spoken about around um, Dan Laidley, it's pretty pretty horrendous. And even we can talk about this now, I guess this is obviously not in our wheelhouse, but, um, you know, like even the the senior sergeant that was suspended with pay, which I think is not great, but old mate Copper that took the the photos of um, Dean Laidley, um, that's obviously extremely poor and obviously it's such horrendous timing, like post the... Yeah the Eastern Freeway um, scenario only a couple of weeks ago where everyone was obviously pretty um, supportive and then now obviously something like this happens where it's pretty it's what it's a massive breach of privacy. Not only was that photo taken of, of the interview um, that he was inside the police station, but then on top of it the photo of the police computer and there were photos obviously we didn't, you know, retweet it or, or put it out at all on our social media at all. But um, it came up like the other people had retweeted and stuff. And the initial photos were actually of the, and there weren't a bunch of them in the early part of the um, Sunday, I think it was, um, weren't blurred either. So you could see like details on the, because it was a photo of the police computer. So it's, it's really like horrific that that was to, to happen. Um, pretty, pretty poor. But um, yeah, the, where I go, just going back to mental health, like, that person who took those photos, like how, how can you not sit back and think that the effect, this guy's got kids and a family and all that stuff and, you know, it's just just like brain dead to think that, what are you going to do with these photos? Like sell them to the daily? Like I, ne I, I can't understand. Yeah, what 15 seconds of fame. Well, but that's the thing. Like you could never sell them. Like a bunch of papers didn't even run them and the ones that did were like, you know, lambasted. I just don't understand... It's, yeah, it's incredible. Anyway, it's not in our wheelhouse. But that said, like, this whole thing with Dean Laidley, like, I, I wanted to just more talk about the football side of it, which is that, you know, you and I have worked in the in the business world as well. And to, you know, connect to your point, I agree with what you're saying. But, I mean, the other thing too is that 
you know, we, we both worked in the business world and you, you see the, you know, the, the CEOs and these people that, that do work big hours, like, you know, um, my boss would do, you know, good, really good, you know, plenty of hours and, you know, the businesses that, you know, even business that you and I worked for before, you know, the higher up you do, you, you know, a lot of them are often working massive amounts of hours. Not always, but often can be. And I guess the cons- where I relate this to football is the concern is that with these senior coaches, um, you know, particularly the ones we're talking about, because they've all coached in the last 15 years, definitely. Um, I don't... Like, it's concerning some of the things you hear about, that they're, they're working 100-hour weeks and, you know, they're, they're barely seeing their family and barely, during the season, barely getting anything else done aside from by the time they've reviewed all the things they need to and done all the meetings and all this stuff, they get to the other side of it and then, and then you know, it's it's back to the next game again. So I, that's concerning. I, I, I worry about, I mean, I, I know they're, and that's where I relate to the CEO, I know they're earning big money and all that stuff and that's all well and good. But you know, probably the worst paid no, coaches earning four or five hundred grand. But that said, like, it's not if you're going to ruin it's yourself. Not, yeah, it's not worth it. It's definitely not. And I think this uh, this period that everyone's going through, I, th- I dare say that a lot of coaches <clears throat> will come together, especially in light of what's uh, going just happened, and start thinking about that more. Um, the fact that. Um, games could be reduced in time and uh, whatnot. Uh, again, for those who are in favour of a reduced um, season, um, there's there's definitely now more backing for that type of um, scenario. Yeah. Ultimately, the AFL, um, or Gill in particular, is responsible for the welfare of everyone associated to the AFL. So... If this is a uh, becomes uh, more prevalent, um, something uh, would need to be addressed in that manner. And if that means making the football departments bigger, um, then they're going to have to really consider that. Um, but yeah, look, obviously a lot more water needs to uh, go under the bridge. But I, I agree with what you're saying, and uh, I think it needs to be looked at even more than what they're doing at the moment, which is huge anyway, that obviously the one of the leading sports um, in the nation dealing and, and helping and, and putting resources behind uh, all the types of mental issues. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, the other thing side of this as well is that those coaches that I mentioned, it's not like they weren't successful. It's not like they kind of got in, you know, really... St- I mean, I know there's other examples of that, but, you know, it's not like they got in and bombed out and that was it. You know, Danny Frawley, you know, was working obviously with Triple M and, you know, SEN and, you know, would have been earning good money from, oh. from the, you know, his director of coaching and all that stuff. And then, you know, you look at um, Dan Laidley, was a premiership player, you know, was coach at North Melbourne, you know, had been a, a pretty, um, you know, and obviously James Hurd, you know, had big success as well and, and Bomber, you know, a premiership coach and um, as a player and premiership as a coach. Captain. Yeah. What's that, mate? Oh, so, and a premiership captain. Yeah, exactly. Very successful, exactly. And then had investments and it well he made a you know, very um, big investment with um, Adrian Dodoro from um, Essendon, uh, and they had um, bought that huge piece of land out towards Geelong and he'd made millions out of that. So he was very wealthy, but then he's dealing ice. I mean it's just it's wild. So I guess that's the thing like yeah. 
these guys are getting involved in some pretty pretty weird scenarios. And I know money can lead to that, but it's it's a lot more complex than that. So I don't know. I think I, I agree with you. I think a lot more needs to be done um, by the AFL through the the PA and the coaches coaches association and all that side of it. To but it's a sad story, and obviously, like there's a whole another dynamic now around Victoria Police and that um, senior sergeant's been charged. If you didn't hear that, that he has been charged. So. Um, oh, okay. but it's, it's pretty full on. Um, what do we think? So I guess the other thing too is like, like, you know, of course, you know, we knew this was going to happen. I think we said this that off season, all sorts of weird stuff was going to happen. The Fremantle players as well. So these guys, you know, uh, were, was pretty bit of a sort of slap on the wrist in terms of the punishment, but I mean, I don't know. It's, it's obviously not good, but like, you know, they were breaking the, the, um, the house, you know, rules or whatever. Yeah, exactly. They need, yeah. need to be at home, locked up, and it's not good. What What do we think about this? Like, you know, uh, it's happened in the NRL a bunch of times as well, and I mean, society. It's happened in society heap of times as well. I know, I know people that have been fined. So, what What do you think about this? Yeah, oh, look again. It comes back to um, the culture of the club, and there's obviously. Uh, no one at the top echelon um, they're enforcing um, guidelines in a way that the players are hearing. Yeah. And as you and I know, with our two clubs that we follow, um, there was periods where it wasn't an issue with the players' um, ability per se or the coaching. The, it, the administration was making ill decisions um, and that was flowing down into the uh, coaching and, and ultimately uh, the results on the footy ground. And it just seems to be continuing on at Fremantle. So it's um, disappointing because they've obviously got a new coach there and some really talented young players, obviously led by one of the best players in the comp in five. Uh, pretty disheartening uh, for a club that uh, on paper um, looks to have uh, a lot going right for it as far as getting yeah. back up into that top echelon um, and to have this uh, look, it's not a good look um, and obviously uh, people not like you, well you and me will bag teams because it's a bit of fun but um, if it was the season proper and something like this happened, the the journos on the East Coast, and Melbourne in particular, would just be ruthless on, on it. Yeah, well, we just saw, obviously, with the, the Western Bulldogs story, um, old mate, you know, reversing into four-part cars. Uh, it's pretty, uh, yeah, well, that that was a big story for days and days. It was front page of the paper. But yeah, for days, yeah. Well, the West Australian covered it pretty heavily, but, yeah, I don't know. I mean, regard, I mean, like, I don't have much of a thing to say about it from a football perspective. It's... Obviously, everyone should be trying to adhere to what's going on and just stay at home um, as much as you can. And, and um, yeah, we, we've got to get through this. It's the only way we're going to get to the other side of it. Speaking of staying at home, one other little thing um, before we get off is uh, Eastern Wood. I mean, how unlucky do you have to be to get burgled at the moment? Like, everyone's at home. You'd think burglars are struggling at the moment. Uh, that's an industry in the bin. That's the only thing. <laughs> can't sell anything um, not for cash anyway no and you can't uh, break into people's houses because they're all home yeah this uh, um, but I haven't heard anything since do we know if it got returned yet or no I don't still... 
I haven't seen anything. I haven't seen anything. So I hope that it's pretty horrible. And all I think the the his partner's um, grandfather's World War One medals or something like it's pretty shit out. So what a, what a disgusting unit taking all that stuff. Like what a rat, yeah. filthy, uh, dirty, rat. dirty, dirty rat, dirty, filthy rat. Uh, someone who's not a dirty, filthy rat uh, at all is uh, Maddie Prisparkas. Um, great um, effort winning the the um, the AFLW's highest honour. And that, I think, was done really well by um, by Fox still. I thought that was um, on Fox Footy. I actually really liked that, as much as it's obviously really hard to kind of, you know, build any tension or something. Like, the the, the pictures and stuff in the, in the backyard there, I thought, were, were, were really nice. So, um, yeah, good yeah. on her, and, and I'm looking forward to... To her playing next year, and, and in relation to that, I guess it's been floated this week. Um, what do you think about this? We haven't spoken about this. Um, there's talk of to really capture the eyeballs because cricket's going to be in a whole lot of strife at the back end of the year as well. It sounds like too. What do you think about the notion of playing AFLW in November? There's been talk of it. Is that as soon as the season was to finish, go straight into AFLW? Uh, I look. Pros and cons to it. Great for um, the sport to grow. Yeah. In that it wouldn't have, I mean, women's cricket would be at a disadvantage and you may lose some players if they're crossing over between the two. Yeah. Um, so it would have a freeway and uh, free air um, as opposed to playing kind of it's back end into the start of the AFL season, so that's a good thing. Um, but as I said in our last episode, um, the sport is designed um, around winter and playing in extreme temperatures um, and just touching uh, on what we were talking about earlier with the halves, like going up to the Territory, all good in theory. Anyone from Victoria, they blow up games, so they just wouldn't be able to handle um, playing back-to-back games up in those uh, conditions. So, again, I think it would be very it'd be fraught with danger, I would think, playing in the summer unless they were to change the times of the quarters. Yeah, I agree. And the, where, so they have to, re- it need to make it um, safe for the players yeah. and uh, visually appetising because we've already seen that and this is not anything to do with um, the players themselves. It's them getting used to the um, higher level. Um, we've already seen that in some AFLW games that that last quarter becomes a slugfest um, just because not all the players uh, have the ability to train at the top end as a professional athlete, um, like all the AFL players do. So that would be a concern too because it doesn't look that good when everyone's exhausted. No, exactly. And what uh, you, you make a very good point. The other side of it too is that it's all well and good that you want to start the season in November. I totally get that. More eyes, all that stuff. NRL's finished. Um, yeah, uh, you know, it's only really, you know, who knows about internet, other sports, but... Um, when's it going to finish? Like, that, what are you going to do? Play in November, December, and then it ends? Because they're going to have to play enough rounds. So then what? Even if everyone plays each other once, I mean, it's going to end in, like, Christmas, you know, or, like, early to mid-Jan. It's going to be hot as hell. 
like November's often in Melbourne's not as well. I'm just talking about Melbourne. Forget about there'll, there'll be games where it'll be hot as hell, but purely just in Melbourne, it's just where we live. Like it'll be there'll be some days that'll be hot, but like Melbourne Cup last year was was like 18, 19 degrees. Like you never know. Like November can be pretty mixed, but then December in Melbourne starts to, to heat up, and then January can be like real hot, and then you know Feb, Feb can be the hot stuff. Brisbane and Sydney, where the humidity starts to pick up around then, so it becomes very, very challenging. Yeah. Um, in that scenario, uh, look, the, um, unfortunately, the season is the way it is this year. Yeah. And I'd be sooner to get it back to normal next year. Look, they've already done all the awards. Why play another season in the one year? Doesn't I know from a financial aspect. It makes sense, but again, player welfare has to be at the forefront. I mean, we're going through a pandemic, for God's sake. Like. The only thing, the only way of doing it, and I don't think they can do it now, the only thing I think they could have done, and maybe they should have thought about this, is pl- I know it's not ideal, but I'll throw it out there. It's a little bit radical, but play the grand final. So obviously, you know, they never got to the grand final. They never got a winner from season 2020. Um, we never got to see that. It'd still be in the year. Yes, it'd be played, obviously, significantly later. But if the players were fit, and this is part of the problem too with, you know, players have got... It's different in the AFL. Obviously, a lot of them have jobs and do other things and have moved around. But if it was feasible, you know, train for like three or four weeks into October and, you know, a bit of November and then have it as a a big Friday night, big game at the G, really turn it up. And you never know, by then we might actually be able to have even a quarantine half crowd, which has been discussed as well. Um, I don't know how that could work, but even if that could work, regardless, like it'd do, it'd do really well numbers. Um, post the trade period, have it as a big, you know, feature. I don't know. What do you think? Could that could that work? At least it'd be in the same year. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It could... Um it could be played in and around the same time that AFL finals go as well. Mm. Like it could be a curtain raiser to, to one of the games or um, played somewhere, like played somewhere else, like to say, for example, it, it was on at um, 11 a.m. Uh, at um, Vizzy Park and then the grand final starts at 2 or whatever yeah. the case may be. Oh, yeah, look, there's definitely um, that opp- opportunity to... Um, get the grand final going. I don't know how that would work as far as um, revenue and making money goes. Um, obviously, there's no crowd that's going to be there, and that's probably the biggest yeah. thing at the moment that they're wanting to do. But look, just absolutely, the, I just I just yeah. don't see the benefit of playing the season again at the end of the year, unless of course they're forward thinking about uh, the impact that. Olympics, Australian Open, and making the start of AFL earlier next year might have. That's the only thing I can think of that would make sense. But, again, player welfare should always come first. Well, yeah, exactly. You'd think the Australian Open would go ahead. I mean, tennis is in tennis is in the same problem as everything else. And, you know, you never oh, know. Oh, yeah, not, not, not concerned about it going ahead. I was thinking that... If they try to bring the AFL season forward, the less no, impact know. it has on the AFLW yeah. with all the other sports that could potentially be going on at that time, um, 
So let's say the AFLW started and finished normally and the AFL season was brought forward. Do they get too much overlap, especially then with the tennis and the Grand Prix and everything else? Yeah, I was more thinking the French as well. Like they 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 completely screwed everybody um, by being like, guess what? The French Open is now going to end. Uh, all start, sorry, uh, just before the US Open, which obviously I don't think either of those events will take place. But um, the whole this whole no. the whole thing at the moment is completely up in the air. But anyway, we will get there. We will. We will get there at some point. Uh, massive thanks to Hopster Home, hopsterhome.com.au. Use AFL Deep Dive as a promo code to get $25 off your first pack. Check out Beyond the Game TV. Um, any questions, hit up AFL Deep Dive on social media or afldeepdive at gmail.com in the email. And big shout out, uh, big happy birthday to one of the all-time larrikins and legends of AFL, uh, Dougie Hawkins, big six today. That's so it. I saw happy birthday, Hawk. Oh, mate, Hawk. And I saw he got a he got a drive-through birthday. He had people drive through his his driveway and drop off gifts. Well, he didn't. Obviously, his family organised it. But it was pretty funny. Yeah, very funny. So it was good good to good to see the uh, that guy back on television. Even if it was just for a short bit, very funny man. Very very talented footballer too. So uh, for those uh, of you the younger generation that are football star, do yourself a favour and. Uh, uh, get some highlights of Doug Hawkins when he was uh, especially playing at Footscray, not so much uh, after that. <laughs> he could play. He could absolutely play. Old mate Manoa, he could play. Um, but, yeah, uh, great to catch up, old mate. And, uh, yeah, we still seem to know how to talk a bit about footy when there's nothing going on. Always. Oh, look, I, I'd, I'd love to just go through the games and break down the stats yeah, and re- really go deep into the game and what we think is going to happen in the narrative of the season. That's that's what we did. And it sounds like there's some light at the tunnel now. It sounds like at least it's in you know, the vicinity of the tunnel. Hopefully um, we can start doing that again soon. I, I can't wait. And I'm, I'm so sick of not watching any live sport. I've seen so many oh. television series. I'm at the point now where I'm starting... I've watched everything I'm interested in from... 2020, 2019, I'm even looking on IMDb, like, back to 2018 now, seeing if I missed anything. Like, it's just getting ridiculous. I've had enough. Same. I started watching uh, um, Blackadder again. Oh, did you? I love Blackadder. <laughs> it's such a good show. Yeah, there is. But, um, yeah, I'm missing missing kissing on the D's, the Suns and the Saints. Oh, my D's. Oh, the D's. Oh, well. All right. All the best, everybody. Talk soon. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Goodbye.